Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. I know as we uh, get into a message and you know, people are moving that sometimes uh, you could get distracted looking at notes, uh, finding a piece of gum or, or whatever. But what I'd, I'd really like to ask this morning is uh, you tune in from the start this morning. Because uh, if not, you'll be a little bit confused with, with the content of our message. Because uh, what we'd like you to know is that we're going to be talking about Jesus in transitions this morning. Because our family is in the beginning of making a transition. The, the last week of January, during our 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, Shelly and I had a, a Zoom meeting with, with Dick and Jen, some former colleagues we worked with overseas and, and who are overseas still, and, and we were talking about how do we effectively reach our neighbor. They've been doing a great job of that, where they're at, and, and at the end of that conversation, Dick then asked our family, so asked Shelly and I, would we consider moving back overseas? And it wasn't a, a question we were anticipating, but we said we'd make it a matter of prayer. And so over the last couple of months as we've prayed, we've read scripture and continued a conversation with others. It's become obvious to Shelly and I that this is God's desire for our family. And so what I, I wanna do today is talk about that transition. And I'm gonna invite some of our church leaders to, to share as well, because we're gonna be talking about what it looks like to follow Jesus, even in transitions. And let me pause and say I realize that what I just said is difficult to hear. Um, God knows it's been difficult for Shelly and I to process. I know full well that the rest of what I say this morning may be unheard. Um, so I, I understand that. Because you're trying to figure out what are the implications for our family. Uh, we know that you love our family. What are the implications for our congregation? And uh, what might be the implications for you personally? And so what I want to encourage you to do is, is go back and listen to this message again sometime this week. We usually post those on, on Monday, we record them. So I wanna encourage you to go back and listen uh, because we need to share this not, not only with you here who are tuning in this morning or here in person, but for our volunteers who we haven't had a chance to talk with, for, for those not with us today, and obviously for you as you consider kind of what all this means. Uh, but what I wanna do first is pray because um, what I just shared, it's big and it's weighty. Uh, Jesus, we come before you this morning, and God, I just ask that your spirit speak. So I was working through this message last week. What you deposited in my heart is more than this is information or instruction, but God is inspiration for what you might be speaking to the hearts of others. Because God, your call is upon all of us. There are some who have been called to the international community here in Greater Lafayette. I know it. There are some who are called to, to those who are affected by poverty, those affected by prison. You've called some to go and serve in, in the world of politics, to fight against racism. And so Jesus, I pray that as we, we look at your word this morning, and we talk through transition that people will hear not only uh, what that's 
You've been speaking to our family's hearts, uh, but God, what you're speaking to theirs too. So little spirit, give us ears to hear. I trust you for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I'd like to do this morning is just walk through some principles regarding transitions, because uh, I know there's going to be a lot of questions regarding this next year, and, and after I've shared a few thoughts, I'm going to ask Shelly and our, our deacons are going to come and, and share some thoughts as well. But I thought it was important first to address some important points around transitions. And the first principle I want to share is this, is that we can trust Jesus with transitions, even when we don't understand why. We can trust him. I remember being told at some point by some well-meaning Christians that we shouldn't ask God why. And they meant well by that. But I have a hard time with this because as I read the book of Psalms, there's lots of whys in Scripture. Lots of whys. The psalmist writes in Psalm 42, Why have you forgotten me, crying out to God? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And then he even looks that inward. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? So I want to start this morning by saying it's okay to ask God why. I can tell you we, we sure needed to in the last couple of months. Uh, when Jesus began to seriously lead us toward returning overseas, I wanted to know lots of things. Jesus, why did you ask our family to come to West Lafayette if you are going to have us return to the mission field? Jesus, why did you have us start launching people out into places like our community corrections and Trinity Mission and and such if, if you were going to have us go. Why did you allow us to get so close to so many if you're going to ask us to depart? Lots of whys. And our gracious Lord, he began to provide answers, and, and not that he had to. He began to point me back to Scripture. One of the, the first things the Lord did is he whispered the school of Tyrannus to my heart. And I knew I had talked about that at some point in Scripture. It's in Acts and and so I couldn't remember when, you know, I've, I've preached like 250 messages here. I don't remember everything I say, which is probably a good thing sometimes. And, and so I, I just did a search, keyword search on my laptop and, and found that I talked about the, the school of Tyrannus back in a message I shared in January of 2015. It was, it was in the first month of our time here. I was going through a, a Live Like It Matters series, to, which is to live like Jesus matters. And I shared a message called Sent. And I read from Acts chapter 19 where it talks about Paul, he's teaching in the city of Ephesus and he's training people in the school of Tyrannus to go out and share Jesus and to plant churches. And in that message I shared, and I'll quote because I manuscript my messages, here's what I said. My role is to equip you, talking to our congregation, to serve as disciple makers, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our world, Will I share the story of Jesus with others? Absolutely. But that won't cause all of greater Lafayette to hear the good news. We all must share for all to hear. And so what Jesus reminded me of in whispering that phrase to my heart is that he sent our family here to equip this congregation to be the hands and feet of Jesus to greater Lafayette in our world. And just as Paul eventually left Ephesus, Jesus was asking us to go too. But Jesus, I asked, I need more time. We're just now starting to see some people really get it. So then Jesus leads me to Acts chapter 1, where Luke writes about how Jesus rose from the dead. He spent 40 days with the disciples, talking to them about the kingdom of God. And then Jesus ascends, and the disciples are left just looking into the sky. 
And so the remark is, as Jesus led me to that chapter was, and don't you think the disciples would have liked more time? I said, I'm sure they would have, Jesus. And, and here's where Jesus challenges me. Is my spirit not enough? Whew. Talked about the Holy Spirit two by four, right? Yes, Lord, your spirit is more than enough. But Jesus, and here was a big one for me, I know you're getting ready to do some incredible things in greater Lafayette, and I want to be a part of it. And Jesus says, I know you do, but you are a part, you're not the whole. Now, what I have found is, my ego likes to be a part of the whole. But you know what? God says, we're all just a part, and I need you to do your part. The first lesson that the Lord taught me in that is when we were overseas, and we were actually coming here. So we were in the West Bank and things were really starting to take off and, and the Lord gave me a vision from the, the scripture in Ezekiel where there was from the, the temple area from in Jerusalem, this, this small trickle of water that becomes this ever widening stream stretching all the way to the Dead Sea which is basically flowing through what would be modern day West Bank. And, and what the Lord deposited in my heart while we were overseas serving in that area in East Jerusalem is that that's what he was going to do. He was going to pour out his spirit and the West Bank would come alive in Jesus. And so I was anticipating that. And so then we came here and the Lord led us this direction and we want to always faithfully follow Jesus and did that. And, and I got to meet with one of our colleagues, Ross, about a week before we came here to candidate. And he shared with me what God had been doing and that in our time away, every village in the West Bank, a church had been planted. Only God can do that. So God allowed me to see what he was going to do, but he just said, and I want you to see what I can do, but you're a part, you're not the whole. And, and the vision that the Lord gave me for this area, and this is a couple of years ago, and I've shared this with our leadership team at some leadership meetings we had then, is, is in Ephesus, after Paul trains people for two years, there's this incredible verse in Ephesus where it says that all of Asia Minor hears because of those that were equipped in the school of Tyrannus. That's modern day Turkey, that's a lot of people without the technology we have today except the Roman road. And so I firmly believe God is still gonna do incredible things here and I know it in my spirit and I'd like to be a part but we have a part and not the whole and, and so I was just desperate for what God wants to do and, and so I'm working through that in my heart and, and I said, but Jesus, we're, we're already sending members of our congregation overseas. Shelley was talking with one of them this morning. Why do we need to go? And Jesus says, well, turn to me to Acts chapter 13. And about this point, I'm like, Jesus, I'm tired of looking at scripture right now. Because I knew where he was going. In, in Acts chapter 13, it says, now there were in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manion, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Sometimes Jesus sends leaders too. Now one of the statements I was reflecting on this that I've made on a few occasions is that we aren't going anywhere. And I usually am good to add the qualifier unless you know, God says differently. And what I was communicating is that, is that we never make plans. Shelly and I, as we make plans, we never make plans for anything else. This has not ever been a, well, what would you have for us next, Lord? That was never the, the case. We were always committed. Shelly and I are all in types of people. We would have been thrilled, let me say this, to spend the next 25 years serving Jesus here with this incredible congregation. So let me say, if you're feeling hurt or disillusioned by our departure, because we said we weren't going anywhere, let me say, I'm sorry, 
Uh, it's absolutely not our heart to hurt anyone on our return to the mission field. It's been a lot of prayer. I hope you know we love you deeply, whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining us online this morning. One of the other questions that Shelly and I asked as, as we were praying this through is, Jesus, our kids, when we first went overseas, Nate was one. And what I reflected on is, look, our kids aren't luggage anymore. Like, what are they going to do when they're one, right? And so then what was upon our hearts is, well, Jesus, what about our kids? And he said, ask them. So we were sitting around the dinner table several weeks after we talked with Dick and Jen, and, and we just asked our kids, look, this is what we've been asked. What do you guys think? And almost in unison, they all replied, we want to go. At which point, Shelly and I are like, we're in trouble. <laughs> Jesus is speaking to our kids, and, and he was speaking to our hearts, but there's always this, this wrestling that sometimes happens with, with the will of God. And, and so, but with the response of our kids, we just began to ask Jesus, well, what then, Jesus, would you have us do? Dick had mentioned pastoring an international church in eastern Saudi. Uh, he, had, he had mentioned leading a, a church planting, a lived at church planting team in, in Kuwait, and a couple of things. And, and as we prayed over those things, none of those things dropped in our heart. But for whatever reason, an international church in Tangier, Morocco, dropped, dropped in our heart. And, and so we followed up with Dick and Jen the next week. And, and as we were talking with them, Dick shared some thoughts. And he said, so what are you guys thinking? And I said, well, as we've been praying, here's where we're at. And the Lord dropped the international church in Tangier, Morocco, in our heart, and, which we've never visited. You know, it was just kind of out there. And, and Dick just kind of smirked, and he looked at Jen, and he said, I'm, I'm going to tell him. And I said, what's going on? And he said, that pastor of that church, he resigned yesterday. It's like, whew, wow, okay. Well, I guess we're going to Morocco then. And so as we continued our conversation with Dick and others, increasingly, our hearts became heavy thinking about our departure from Connection Point, because it got, it got real at that point. Like, all right, God, I, I can't deny what you're doing. And, and so I said, Jesus, we really love these people. What are we to do? And, and Jesus said, this is the way it's supposed to be. Look at Acts chapter 20. And, and so I looked at verse 17. It says, now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. He shared some things with them, and after he'd spoken, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. That was heavy. I said, Jesus, this is, this is more than I want. And, and he said, but you know what? If you want to be a New Testament church, this is part of that. This is part of that. You want to be a Great Commission church? This is what that looks like. So we said, okay, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. We know we can trust you in transitions. Even the psalmist, after asking why, he returns to God confidence in the, in the psalm. He says, hope in God for I shall again praise him. So I would say as we ask our whys, it's important we maintain our trust in Jesus because Jesus can be trusted in transitions. And part of what we know is that transitions occur because of daily acts of obedience. That's how they occur. I was talking with a member of our congregation some weeks ago. They had been reading through Kyle Eidelman's book, and Not a Fan, and, and, and he was wondering how we got to the place of selling everything and going to Sudan some years ago. And they were unaware that this is what God had been doing in our hearts in the last couple of months. But as I began to answer that question, the real simple answer is it's through small acts of daily obedience. When we were first asked about returning to the mission field, my heart was not for it. It wasn't. 
It just didn't make sense to me. But at the same time, Shelley and I purpose ourselves to live open-handed lives, always, where we allow Jesus to interrupt whatever we're doing whenever he wants. And this comes from understanding that even Jesus wrestled with the will of God. I had talked about this when I, I talked about Jesus and the will of God in February, that Jesus, while he's in the garden at Gethsemane before going to the cross, he prays, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Had Jesus not had a habit every day of his life, submitting to God's will, when he's sitting in the garden, with the doorway of of the scape just at the top of the mountain, he would not have had the fortitude to say, not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus, we see his example. He also had to learn obedience and submission to his Father in heaven, just like we do. But you also don't arrive in a place like the Garden of Gethsemane, praying a prayer like he does, if you haven't made it a daily habit in your life. So what Shelley and I have found is daily yeses, whether they're big or small, it opens the door to other more life-changing yeses for Jesus. That we may wrestle with God's will, but if we daily say yes to Jesus, even in the small things, we have found it's much easier to say yes to Jesus when he asks big things. Because as you stay close to Jesus, he has a way of changing your heart on things. The writer of Proverbs shares, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. This was a big one for me because of how against I was in going for the first couple of weeks. When God began to change my heart, I knew he was up to something because only God changes hearts. And our heart is we always want to follow Jesus because it's he who invites us. And I want you to hear this this morning. He is the one who invites us to live a fully alive life, entering into the good works he's prepared for us. We don't want to follow our plan for our future. We always want to follow God's plan because it is always, and I mean always better. I want us to say this morning, Jesus is worthy of our yeses. He's worthy of our yeses. And transitions occur because of daily acts of obedience. But we also find Jesus is sure to lead us to the next right step in transitions. He's sure to lead us that way. As Shelley and I understood that Jesus was leading us back to the mission field, we knew it was important to talk with our, our church leadership as soon as possible. So we asked the deacons to be praying with us as we continued prayer and conversations with leaders overseas. And and as it became evident that this was God's plan, then we met with the deacons to determine how could this transition best be handled. And and so this is what we've come up with, and we want to share that with you this morning. That we were already in the process as a church of clarifying who we are as a local church, because every church is unique. And so we were working through this process of identifying exactly who we are. And and, uh, as we talked through that with the deacons, they said it's best that we finalize that before we begin to receive resumes for, for lead pastors. And, and so from now through October, we've got a church vision, vision team. It's uh, from members of this congregation of different backgrounds. So different uh, job roles in our community, different races, different socioeconomic classes, different ages. We, we wanted to vary that as best we could. And, and they're helping us work through this process of clarifying who we are as a unique body of believers in West Lafayette. Because as we establish who we are with greater greater clarity, it's easier to identify than who's a good fit to continue to lead this congregation into what God has in mind for the future. Because the church's future is always tied to its past. So we do plan to share that content with you in an ongoing manner so that we're all aware of who we are as a local church. And, And at the same time, between now and October, the deacons will also be deciding what kind of process they'd like to follow when it comes to selecting a new lead pastor to present to the congregation to vote on. 
So Connection Point Church, if you don't know, it's an Assemblies of God church, and, and as laid out in our constitution and bylaws, the deacons elected by the congregation, they guide the process of pastoral transitions. So between the months of October and April, the deacons plan on reviewing resumes and conducting interviews with the hopes of presenting a candidate to be considered sometime next spring. For now, our family, uh, we're just kind of really on the beginning part of a transition, you know, that we plan to uh, actually depart sometime maybe next May, so late spring, early summer, with the hopes of a new lead pastor being installed by sometime next summer. And, and I share this proposed timeline with you because I know transitions can cause some people to become anxious, but we really don't have anything to be anxious about. Why? Because God's in control. God knew this transition was coming. He's not surprised by what we're walking through right now. And so we can continue to look to him. It's simply important for us all along the way to take the next right step. So this is our current plan. If there's adjustments to that, we'll share that with you. Uh, how many know that you can make plans and those plans can kind of go in different directions? Last year should show us that, right? But we know our commitment is we take the next right step all along the way and we'll communicate that. Now what I want to do Something that's important to us is we want to keep everyone informed of what's happening, and so we'll mail out a monthly letter to be able to share with you the, the details of the transition process that particular month, uh, because communication, it really is important in transitions, and we know that. And so we'll also publish this letter on our weekly email list. So what I would say to you, if you're already receiving our weekly email announcements, or if you got letters last year as we were mailing some of those at home, then you're on our mailing list, but if you're not, my encouragement is to sign up. So sign up today. Go to connectionpointchurch.org. There's a spot in the Stay Connected menu where you can sign up to be on our email list. Uh, if you don't do online, then you can go visit with our Main Street Theater and they'll sign you up for our mailing list. If you're tuning in online, and otherwise don't do email, just call the church office this week and they'll get you signed up. We just want to make sure we're communicating all along the way and so we want you on a mailing list for that to happen. But what I do know is church leadership will be sure to take the next right step all along the way. And another important principle as it relates to Jesus in transitions is in transitions, we keep our eyes on Jesus. In transitions, we keep our eyes on Jesus. One of the reasons we're going to send out mailers to keep people informed of what's happening regarding this transition is because we're not planning on taking up a whole lot of time on Sundays for that purpose. You know, from time to time, we may take the opportunity on a Sunday to provide updates, but for the most part, we intend to gather to celebrate King Jesus. That's what we're here for. In a small museum in, in northeastern France, there's a, a famous 16th century altarpiece painted by Matthias Grunewald for the monastery of St. Anthony in Eisenheim. And it's, it's a rather large painting. And so here's a picture of just the center portion of it. Now, obviously, it's a picture of Jesus hanging on the cross. On his right is Mary collapsing into the arms of John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. At his feet is Mary Magdalene praying fervently, the jar of perfume ready and waiting to anoint the Savior. Uh, but here's something, here's what I find interesting about this picture and why I bring it up this morning is, is on the left of Jesus is John the Baptist, who was not at the crucifixion of Jesus. He had already died. But there he is barefoot with his cloak of camel's hair and his long beard, and he's pointing to Jesus. And that's the call for all of us. And that's what we do on Sundays. We simply point to Jesus in song, in prayer, in community, in preaching, in water baptism, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So let me tell you this morning, over the next year, people will continue to be healed. People will continue to profess their faith in who Jesus is. We're going to continue to see people water baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. In my heart of hearts, I anticipate a wonderful year as a congregation. 
because God multiplies. And let me say this, God blesses those who bless the nations, and this church is doing that. And so I just look forward to the year ahead, and I want to remind us that we're here to celebrate Jesus, and that's not going to change. So it's important that when transitions occur, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And lastly, I would share that in transitions, it is important, it's vital, we maintain unity. It's important that we walk together. One of the last prayers of Jesus, a prayer that he prays under great distress in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a prayer referred to as his high priestly prayer. We find it in John chapter 17. It's Jesus prays, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and love them even as you have loved me. One of the most powerful ways, I want to say, one of the most powerful ways we point to Jesus is through the unity of the church. And it's important that unity increases during times of transitions. We are all in this together, truly. And to that end, I'd like to invite some of our deacons. Actually, they're all going to come. So our deacons and Shelly are going to come to the platform this morning so that they too might share some thoughts and encouragement regarding this transition. Uh, we're gonna, they're going to add some furniture to the platform to help us with that. And, and so as they're doing that, what I'd like to share with you is one of the best ways we increase unity is around prayer. So if you're wondering what you can do this morning, maybe that's a question in your mind. Here's the simple answer. Join others in prayer. Every Sunday morning from 8.45 to 9.45, people gather in what's hallway number two in the fireside room for prayer. So starting next Sunday, we'll have prayer team members appointed to each Sunday, and we're going to provide them instructions on how we'd like to encourage people to pray. It's real simple, two big things. Pray about the transition and pray that God changes lives that Sunday. We're going to keep pointing to Jesus in prayer too. So you're invited to gather with others as we pray through this process. And the other thing is, is if you have questions and want to get together with Shelly and I, you are welcome to do so. Uh, my email is listed on the screen, zmatix at connectionpointchurch.org. If you have questions for us, please feel free to email. We're happy to get together with anyone that would like to do so. Uh, you could text me, you could Facebook message me, but I'll, I'll be up front to say, I'll read those sometimes, and then I'll remember like two weeks later, oh yeah, anybody else that way? I lose those things sometimes. So I just encourage you, email me, it's the best way if you want to get together uh, with us. Uh, but now with Shelly and, and some of our deacons here on the platform, uh, I'd like you to hear from them. Maybe I'll ask Shelly to start. Hi. So um, I'm just going to kind of share kind of just from our family standpoint of kind of where we are right now. Um, I'd say number one, we're just really grateful to have God listening hearts and that God is mindful of us. Um, when you just journey through some difficult things in prayer, um, for Zach and I, it's just really important for us to pause and just say, wow, God, um, just thank you for talking to us. Thank you for moving on our hearts. Thank you for talking to us and talking about our family and speaking to our children. And um, that's just kind of, a, I think, a healthy place for us to start is just knowing that God leads our family, and we want to honor the Lord. And so then that really helps us when we kind of work through our feelings on, um, you know, we did feel like we were going to be here a long time. And so then that's a hard thing to kind of let go of. 
um, just the friendships that we've made, um, the journey that we've been on with different people, with some of you, and the ways that we get invited into the really difficult processes in people's lives. You know, a little more than five years ago, we were strangers. And then the next thing you know, you're invited into a heartache or a grief process or a challenge in a marriage. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's like you're just in the middle of this situation and you're just like, wow, God, how did we even get here? And it's a privilege to journey with people in those ways. And then you can start to feel like, well, it's just going to be this way. You know, this is just, this is our life here. So then you have to start kind of detaching yourself and saying, I'm not going to be a part of that, that daily walk with people. Um, I was telling Zach about, you know, some of my teacher friends, you know, just that daily update on the boys are running track and this was their time and this is how they did. And, you know, you have to start realizing now I'm going to hear about that on Facebook or I'm just going to have to detach myself a bit. But the Lord has been so gracious to us in this process, and we're so thankful for these men and the women that are married to them and the beautiful process we've been able to walk through with them and to be able to trust people with our family in this transition. Um, We just want to trust the Lord, but we have to trust people too. And so I just want you guys to know that it's been a beautiful process. The Lord has been so good to us through these men and their God-listening hearts and their prayer and their love for us and their love for our children. So we thank you for just journeying with us as we obey the Lord. We're excited, of course, on one hand, but this part's really difficult. And so we look forward to the times that we get to have over the next year and um, just seeing where the Lord leads the relationships that go from here. So that's kind of where we are, just trusting the Lord and just trusting his timing with all of our relationships. I'm not going to lie, this is tough for us too. we've, We've been blessed with being able to have a little time to process this. Uh, kind of hit me again this morning. But I'm also reminded that you guys aren't leaving us. We're able to send you. Uh, there's so many privileges that this church has been a part of, uh, sending different families and couples into the mission fields, singles as well. Uh, you guys are just the next step. As hard as it is to let you guys go, I'm so looking forward to seeing what God's going to do with your family, uh, with Lucas and Haley and Nate. And it's neat watching them grow up and up and up and up. <laughs> but you guys have been such a great part for our lives. It's been a blessing to be here on the board with you guys. And I know we love you deeply. Uh, we want what's best for you. And we're so grateful that you're listening to God. And uh, what a great witness it is for us to be able to see that our pastor is doing all the little obediences along the way and just saying yes here, yes there, yes there, and always lifting open-handed to see what God has for you guys. And that's made a big impact on our lives. I know going forward from here, I don't want to take all of your glory. 
uh, you guys are, please, we need your prayers. Uh, this is not going to be us deciding. This is going to be God deciding who's going to be leading our congregation going forward. Uh, we are just a small part of that, but we will definitely need your prayers going forward. Uh, we've we've set our own individual prayer times as well as a deacon board, so, uh, and we also pray for you guys a couple times a week. We've all got our assigned days and everything, so prayer is going to be key going forward from here, and we really, really do need your guys' prayers for us. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Phil Pusey. Um, I love you guys so much. Um, this morning is really about loving you as well. So as we um, think about this process, your head might be reeling, your heart might be hurting. I'm not sure where you're at. But um, I know God is so faithful. Um, I don't know what altars you've built to the Lord and his faithfulness. Like he called uh, people of the Old Testament to build altars of how faithful he was so we could be reminded. Um, God has taken the body of Connection Point Church. Transition, 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 all these transitions. But he has established himself as faithful we cannot question that as we move forward. Is he is faithful. Like, what is the seed that he's planting? You might not be there, but what is the seed that he's planting? He used our pastors that we love so much. He's planted a seed. The other thing I just, uh, I want you to know is from the whole board, but uh, especially from Brenda and I, um, is that we love you so much that um, we want to be there for you. So if you need us in that grieving process, um, please reach out to us. I think God is calling us in transition times. It was my encouragement to Pastor um, and Shelley is that um, when there's a transition or you know that a, a, a break is going to come, um, it's human nature to start distancing yourself. I said, don't choose it. Choose closeness. So that's my word to you as well, is choose closeness. Choose closeness with your pastor while we still have them right here in our midst. Choose closeness with one another. Um, the scripture pastor referenced, they'll know that we're the body of Christ when we love one another. So let's choose to be close to one another. Let's choose each other over distancing ourselves. It might be easier to distance yourself because you don't have to deal with it, but let's deal with it together. Well, if you're, uh, a few weeks ago, you heard what we heard. And uh, when we met with Pastor Zach and Shelley, and um, I was kind of like, did I just hear what I thought they said? And, uh, and the more they talked, it's like, yeah, we did. And, um, but uh, it, it is so neat to watch their heart for Jesus. And, and they model it so well. Um, and, and, you know, it's, we might have shed a tear or two or, or a few more than that. Right. We, it was some tears shed and, and, um, and, you know, when we walked away from the first time in the Astrophor prayer and just what pastor Zach and Shelley said today, it's like, God is speaking to their hearts and you know, that, you know, that, you know, that's where God's calling them. And so, um, we so much appreciate what you've modeled since you've been here is your obedience and, and God listening heart. And, um, that, that speaks a lot to us. And I think that's a challenge for us is what is, what is God speaking to us? And, 
and what we would do. And um, so then you start to think about the kind of the excitement of where they're going and we're not, we're actually partnering with them and being able to send them. How many churches send their senior pastors overseas? Uh, I don't think that's hardly ever been done. So, um, but, it, but it is a time and it's okay to, to grieve a little bit. There's a couple of verses, um, if I can get this to pull up real quick. I wanted to share, and one thing I've always appreciated about this church is the unity that we've always had through all the transitions and the things that happen, and it comes out of Ephesians, and it says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing, one, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of peace through the bond of peace. And so our, our prayer is, uh, as all of us as deacons, is that is that we always want to have unity through the transitions, and God is faithful. Uh, another verse that he kind of, and, and he, that Paul talked about in the New Testament church was, um, was to be joyful always, pray continually, and that's just when we really need to be praying, and that's when we're, we're binding our hearts together, and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And uh, we love you. Uh, we love this congregation, and uh, we're going to walk through this together. There are a few things in life that make me speechless. Um, and when this was revealed to us, this was probably one of them. I didn't say a whole lot that night. And I'm sure that some of you will go through that same thing where you've you got to process this. It's a, it's a time, it's a little bit of grieving, and that's okay. You know, God is so faithful. And then in my reading, the Lord, you know, he took me to uh, uh, one of my favorite Bible characters is King David. And... King David, before he did anything, he would always inquire of the Lord. Do you want me to do this? And this is something God's been working in my own heart over the last couple of years. Instead of taking things in my own hands, to inquire of the Lord, what do you want me to do? And I know that, you know, the Maddoxes have done just that. They've inquired of the Lord, what do you want us to do? And as your, as your board, you know, we're, we're humbled to serve you. We're doing the same thing. Because David inquired of the Lord, and then God said his, the Philistines were being ornery, and he wanted to go deal with them. And he said, should I do that? And God said, yeah, I'll, turn them, I'll give them into your hand. So he did. And then God said, wait a minute, don't do it like you want to do it. I want you to go around to the side, and I want you to wait until you hear the armies of God in the trees above you. Then you know I'm going out ahead of you, and I have already won the battle. I've already done the work. And that's what he's doing here. He's going out ahead of our, our pastor and his family, and he's going to go out ahead of us as a body. He's already got it handled. We just need to wait and listen for God to move. And then all we have to do is obey, to trust and obey. Because when God stirs the waters, he does awesome things. He's moving. So I plead with you to do the same thing with us. Empty yourselves before God and pray, what do you want us to do next? Where do you want us to go? How do you want us to do it? So that, and that's as a board, that's, that's our heart, is to empty ourselves of our own thoughts and maybe ambitions or, or ways that we think it ought to go and just be humbled before God and, and so that he'll lead us, that we don't get in the way. 
Um, a couple of us even spoke that, you know, we just felt like, you know, why us? My, my wife and I talked to him and said, hey, we didn't sign up for this. <laughs> this was not in the deal. But God has other plans. And he will be faithful. Amen. So it's important that we not just privately pray or say we're going to pray, but also corporately come together. There's opportunities to pray and just lay ourselves before God because there may be some of you that God's, he might be moving in your heart. Hmm. Are you willing? Will you obey? Anything else? I'm going to invite the music team to, to come and, and we're going to close in, in song. In fact, I'll invite you to stand as, as we do that. I would say this. I thought about this, you know, this morning. We were praying about it yesterday. We were with the deacons. Today is somebody's first Sunday at Connection Point Church. Welcome, Welcome to Connection Point Church. <laughs> wow. But I want to say this. That's not an accident, my God. I want you to know this morning, this is an incredible congregation. And that's the weightiness of it. Brenda, Phil's wife, made the, the statement as we had gotten together uh, early on this. And, and she said, you know, it's interesting, as I reflected upon the lead pastors who were here, we're, we're the fourth, and she said, no pastor has ever left this church to another church. That the original pastor that church planted, he was a church planter, so he went to plant more churches. Uh, the next then transitioned, and, and the, the, next, the last pastor retired, and, and then we'll be going to the mission field. And, and, and so she was reflecting on, you know, this church doesn't transition churches or pastors to other churches. And I said, well, you know why? And she's like, why? Because this is an awesome church. Why would anyone ever transition except God speaks and says it's time? And, and so I want you to know if this is your first Sunday or maybe you're new to Connection Point Church, you are part of an incredible congregation. Not because Shelly and I are here, but because of who God has brought here over decades. And so I just would encourage you, if this is your first Sunday, second Sunday, or whatever Sunday you find yourself in, dive in here. You're a part of a church on the move. God is doing incredible things here. And we're going to be sharing that over the course of this next year of the way God's moving. And so just as I didn't want to miss it, you're not going to want to miss it. God, I can't wait to not only give reports, hey, here's what God's doing in Morocco. Now, what's God doing in Greater Lafayette? Because I know that God is on the move and doing incredible things, and you're going to want to be a part of that. So don't miss it. But let's go ahead and close in song before dismissed.